everybody. This is David Ellison from Megadeth, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, you've done a lot of stuff with me over the years with uh, Brutally Delicious and the uh, and your coffee cooking and your coffee thing, and we've done a lot with the uh, the girls too. Yeah, Dalskin. Yep. Yep, Dalskin. I couldn't think of the name of them. Anyway, um, so when you were writing this record, or when you were putting together this record, how did you guys come up with the the songs that are gonna, that are actually going to be on it? Because I saw there's like some Wasp stuff and some really old school good stuff. Yeah. You know, Tom and I were just on the phone. Um, the whole concept of it came up when we were looking at October, which is when we originally wanted to put out our original song, LP, and we realized all of our touring is now pushed back until at least Q1 or Q2 2021. Mm-hmm. So we thought it was kind of senseless to just drop a, you know, a record without being able to promote it in any way. And, and literally at the same time, we both said, why don't we just do a covers record? <laughs> it literally came out of our mouths at the same time. And, and we just started just spitballing on songs. And, um, you know, it, it just kind of, you know, the Wasp song was, was Tom just said, he goes, oh my God, like, you know, people always say I sound like Blackie. I'm like, no, you totally do, you know? Um, and, and then we, you know, we reached back into some kind of really early stuff of my youth um, that, uh, you know, Sweet, Bachman Turner Over, yeah. like old stuff, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, I think when we did the Post Malone cover over now, we took a very current modern artist and we, and we sort of retroactively took it over into the metal world, right? And I think what we do now with this record is we can go back into our record collection and bring things current to today's modern rec- music listener. Um, and at the same time, of course, we've got fans, I, I do, especially, you know, over four decades now, um, who can, um, you know, who can, you know, relate to this stuff that, that are like, oh my god I grew up with that song too you know so to me it's, it's just like a real bringing together of our whole of uh, many generations of, of rock and roll fans right I also think it's kind of interesting the whole Post Malone mixing of genres too because he's doing a lot with uh, a lot of like hard rock metal kind of artists it's pretty cool yeah I mean Post he's a, he's a rocker man and, and you know, he found his niche and his sound and his original music but he's clearly a fan of a lot of different stuff I mean, he's got a megadeth and a pantera, pantera tattoos on him oh really and yet he, he covered some yeah he covered some, you know so obviously some nirvana stuff so he's a very wide spread you know fan of, of music and 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 i think with our covers record that we're doing it, we're the same you know that that it doesn't just have to be metal um it can be from different eras and i think i think any rocker and especially if you're a metalhead, but certainly any rocker, you just like great rock songs, period. Right. You know? um, and, and uh, you know, to me, the 70s were really the, the thrust of great rock and roll. You know, guitar sounds started to sound good. Yeah. Recording started to be much better. The 60s was sort of the, this experimental phase, but by the 70s, they seemed to start to get it locked down. And and so to me, and then of course by the eighties it was just completely over the top bombast. <laughs> right. So you know, to me, you know, everything on this record is is seventies and eighties era music.
Now, I don't know if you've... I haven't seen a release title. I mean, uh, a title or tracking list of it. And I don't know if you can release the info, but I'm curious. Can you tell me what Wasp song you did? Uh, well, I can only because we actually put it on our... Uh, we put it on our live stream last week. But yeah, we're doing Love Machine. Oh, great. Um, a good old one from the first one. record. Yeah, which, 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 you know, it's funny. Tom mentioned Wasp, and to me, right away, Love Machine. That's, that's probably my favorite Wasp song. And... Um, and we kicked around a few of them, but then we went through them, and you know, and and, and of course our guitar player Andy Martin Kelly over in Italy, you know, who's just amazing, and he can just play anything, and and he's just got such great rock and roll fire to his to his sound and how he plays the guitar. You know, I would we I'd hit him up and say, hey, can you throw this one down? Hey, can you throw that one down? Hey, try this one. And you you know you, you kind of get a sense. It's like being in a, in any band when when the band members agree like just kind of collectively agree on stuff like you know that that's the heart center of the sound right that you should be going for do you find it difficult i mean i guess everybody's sort of doing these cover things and trying to reinvent themselves in this uh weird pandemic era but do you find it difficult doing that sort of thing or is it uh pretty second no, nature not really i mean you know um you know, a lot, so much of what we do, uh, I think, in, in, you know, making records now, it is collaborative across the seas, across the lands, across the internet. <laughs> um, and we've learned how to work in that dynamic now. So when something like this pandemic hit, um, and while it was immediately a, kind of a quick adjustment, I think we've all adjusted. And... You know, you see people doing. It's why I wanted Charlie Benante. You know, we were hit talking to him, and and he was excited to jump in on something. And I mean, he's kind of the king of the YouTube, you know, Zoom quarantine oh, yeah. uh, on the internet. You know, he's done some of the best ones, and so he was excited to play on this. And of course, he and I, we just did the the, the big Kiss Jam on the Mega Cruise. Right. He and I have the Metal Allegiance over the years. So you know, Charlie and I are already musically. Musically, we're already good friends. And he's a, and he's um, a pounder. Yeah, he's a fantastic player, you know. Not, not only just as part of the Big Four, but even off campus with the Big Four, just he and I, you know, to get Metal Legions, these various things we've done. Um, you know, we've had musical experiences away from just Megadeth and Anthrax, which is, right. is you know, you kind of get to know, it's sort of like sitting down and breaking bread with somebody. It's like sitting down and breaking musical bread with somebody. Right. You know, you, you, you get to know them even better when when you're out of your sort of you know environment of, of your own band setting um and you, you get to you know because it, it becomes a conversation you know music is a conversation between musicians and when you're on a stage or you're in the studio and you're either recording or you're performing that that conversation you know you 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 get to really learn each other's voice if you will you know it's a, it's a musical voice that each person has and to me, that's always the most fun in making any record or any all-star session, of course, is you're, you're, you really have to be in the moment. And, and it's, you know, it's just, I, I've, I've enjoyed it so much. You know, I'm glad that I get to have both. I'm glad I get to have a band like Megadeth where obviously we come together with a very dedicated, focused purpose. And then I get to have these other moments where it can stretch out and sort of, not be so defined by anything other than letting that moment evolve and develop itself between us. Right, and I think it's also cool because the fans embrace all that stuff too. No matter which uh, you know which genre, you're still Dave Ellison, and you still have that connection, even if it's from 
Megadeth, they're going to embrace the, you know, your Post Malone stuff and that sort of thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I, like, at, at 55 years of age, I'm the same guy in my heart that I was when I picked up the bass at age 11. You know? I mean, right. I, like, today, I, I, I've got some bass. I went to my storage unit. I pulled out a bunch of basses because I'm doing some, uh, I'm doing a couple of takeovers, one for EMG pickups, and then on Friday, I'm doing one for Jackson guitars. And so, you know, I'm, I'm pulling out instruments that, quite honestly, I haven't seen in a while. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's like seeing long lost family members, you know, <laughs> We're right. family reunion during the pandemic at my house, I'm busted out all these bases and, and I'm, and I'm remembering why I fell in love with them. I remember why I bought them or, you know, why I acquired them and the records I may have used them on. And, um, you know, some of them have some shortcomings that I remember as well, you know, right. you go, yeah, that's right. There's something about this base, you know, kind of like. Probably like an uncle. You're like, ah, yeah, there is something about that guy I never did like, you know? Right. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, so it's, it, I'm having a lot of fun, man. I mean, this, this pandemic thing is really, you know, despite all that, that, that it is and that the negative around it, it's, I definitely, it, it, it's really inspired, engaged, and opened me up creatively, and, and just, it's, you know, I mean, every day, there's just never enough hours in the day. I think that's one of the, the, the few benefits of this whole thing is people are getting way more creative because you have to and you have to be out there. But I think we're seeing a whole lot of not just like collaborations like this, but all kinds of things that are are like that that you wouldn't have normally seen. Yeah, you know, it. it I, 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 I'm, you know, convinced there's, you know, something they call the Super Bowl babies. You know, nine months after the Super Bowl, there's this whole population that's right. born. <laughs> and I've got. A, I'm thinking the same thing's going to be happening from this. That there's going to be, and it's going to be some non-traditional stuff. It isn't just going to be who makes another record back on tour. Right. You know, that traditional trajectory of, of how we've always worked in this business is now going to change. It's going to change in the short term, and I think it's going to change in the long term. And you know what I found is is um, you know again these Zoom collaborations. If we're, all of a sudden I think we're realizing, man, we've already we've always had this technology uh, sitting here. And we can, you know, when 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 forced to, we 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 turn to it, and yeah. it becomes our friend. It doesn't become sort of this, uh, um, you know, sort of this this um, daunting, yeah, you know, ethers of the internet. We have to go down. All of a sudden, it's like, wow, this is friendly. It's available to us. Why not use it to make music? So I've got a question for you. It's not really necessarily related to to this in general, but. You brought it up, and I was talking to uh, Bobby Blitz about it the other day. Where do you see, and nobody's got a crystal ball, but where do you see this this whole thing? Like, how do you see the music business landing on the other side of this? Well, look, it's it's, it's the music business, it's the entertainment business, it's the gathering in large places together business. Whether it's for a picnic, church, a soccer game, or a rock concert, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, right. It's, it's, all the same, you know. What I mean, it's like every so many industries are are affected by you know this just refraining from being able to gather and and you know and it's long term it's just not good for us as humans. You know, we're meant to be in fellowship with each other. We're meant to be in proximity, right. and 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 that. So that that you know after a time um, changes you know kind of the. You know, just sort of the arc of, of our kind of I don't know, I guess maybe our soul to a little to a little degree. You know, right. um, and 
um, you know, really that's all going to a rock concert is, or a mini concert, quite honestly, is just a, that gathering in a room. You know, YouTube can't recreate that. Never. You know, there's nothing on the web that can recreate that. Um, the, the feeling of being in a room, having a common moment together. Yeah, um, with a bunch of like-minded people, is, right. Yeah, that's ultimately what the live entertainment business is, you know, and it's, uh, you know, so, you know, look, again, I think creatively, it's probably been really good. Um, I think creatively, it's helped us reinvent in a lot of ways. I think that is going to continue. I think you're going to see collaborations um, across a lot of genres and spectrums that are going to continue and i think that's a beautiful thing because in the end we're all in the same boat right i mean whether whatever genre you are you're still a musician trying to you got to make it yeah yeah i mean look i think i think once we are able to gather and go to concerts and festivals and all this stuff you know i think it also makes us realize that you know the biggest crowd isn't isn't always doesn't doesn't have to be the best crowd and it doesn't have to be the only crowd you know what i mean that that sometimes it's these gatherings in in these more intimate settings i think a lot of us who have gotten used to playing to these big mobs and masses of people are gonna find and maybe get back in touch with you know that that the, the more smaller intimate gatherings you know that we how how just dramatically we touch people and how we're we and how they touch us quite honestly as performers right you but know the impact you know I, i've always i'm lucky i grew up in megadeth because that that band has always had that from our very first show right very interactive thing between the band and the audience and it's almost like full circle right it's almost like going back to the days when you were cutting your teeth yeah, in, in a weird way, you know, it is. And I think it's easy, you know, sometimes the bigger the crowd you play, as exhilarating as that is, um, you know, oftentimes it's like playing to an oil painting, you know, the crowd is so far away. Right. And you almost can't even see all the activity versus when they're right up in front of you and you can see the whites of their eyes. You know, sometimes, you know, to the smaller crowd is more, uh, more unnerving because, you know, you can't hide any of the, you know, is my zipper down or should I hit a, a wrong note or, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, you know, sometimes those little things, yet, you know, really, what are we paying to see when we go to see a live performance? We're paying to see the human moments. Yes. And, and I think a lot of this whole thing is getting us back in touch with connecting with the human moments. That's awesome. So one last question about the record, and I'll let you go because I told Sean I would keep it, uh, yep. Keep it short, but Perfect. how did you guys? How did you guys uh, divide up who was picking what? Did everybody just get like some of the earlier songs that were with them from the beginning, or was there a general consensus? Or well, you know, it's funny. I think you know my experience with this is songs call out to certain people, um, and so as we were, you know, working on songs like there's one in particular, um, like Queen that we're doing that. We were thinking, um, ironically, that it's not a Freddie Mercury song, so we didn't have to deal with that. But we thought, like, who the hell is going to sing this chorus? You know, right. and, and 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 then we realized, wait a minute, we have somebody already in the organization, and that's me mocking Spinal Tap. Oh, the yeah, way. there you somebody go. Somebody <laughs> already in the organization. Yeah, um, and we realized we've got it and we can do this. And then that just sort of led to us reaching out to some other people to come in and lend, you know, their, their specialty, which is their nuance that that adds to sort of the cherry on top with that stuff, you know? So it's, uh, 
um, yeah, it's really cool. In, in a, probably a week or two, we're gonna we'll, we'll roll out the the track listing and and who's playing on it. And uh, awesome. we're actually mixing some tracks right now. Um, we're gonna do the big mix on it later this month into early August. But we're actually mixing a couple of tracks right now. Sweet. So um, yeah, it, it's nice. We're gonna be able to kind of put this out piecemeal, keep everybody excited, and, and keep us excited too. And yeah, it's, it's really it's, a fun project. Yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. David, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Good luck with everything. We'll talk to you soon. Stay safe. Yeah. Bye. 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 Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts.